Hello, dear one, dear lover, dear slut, dear human being and human becoming. Welcome to today's episode of the podcast. I'm so glad to be here with you. I hope you will take a big deep breath as we settle into this storytelling, weekly storytelling, story sharing session. In last week's episode, we spoke about being sluts, which is like one of my favorite things to speak about. And I suppose if you have not listened to the episode, I, or if you have listened to the episode and you just want to recap, my TLDR of that episode is being a slut is life-changing and world-changing. Like, I genuinely think being a slut is an egalitarian practice. (laughs) Being a slut is about opening our hearts to the world, right? It being a slut requires us to do so much work around unlearning systems of oppression that kind of keep our sexuality stuck and restricted around who we are allowed to be sexual with. Like being a slut actually frees us in so many ways, in so many ways. And being a slut really, it allows us, being a slut allows us to connect with other human beings in a really deep way as other human beings, you know, like to connect to humans as humans, which I think is so profoundly important at this stage in our human history. And so I also just really want to reiterate because I know I can you know, shame myself for not being slutty in the correct way or not being slutty enough. For me, really, being a slut is is about the openness. It's about embodying this openness to erotic beingness and sexual beingness and erotic connection with others. And the way that that can look is going to be so different for each and every one of us. So you can be a a slut and have no sex (laughs) and you can be a slut and have all the sex, you know, and you can be a slut like I am such a big slut for nature and I make love like the earth is my lover. I have this deep, sensual, erotic, sexual connection to the earth, and I revel in that, and I love that. And I would be content to have sex with the earth <laughs> and non-humans, you know, and like all these entities and these energies and the trees and the grass and the wind and the waters of the earth. I would be content to be a slut for these entities and energies and beings, for the rest of my life, like without ever touching another human. I love humans. I love touching humans, you know, but I I just want to kind of expand your sense of your slutty potential and what slut can mean for you. And, um, and I do want to push back against that. You know, there, I think there is this thing that comes up in the sexual liberation space where we think sexual liberation has to look a particular way. And you might be feeling this internally as you listen to the second season of the podcast and you hear me speaking about sex so much, you know, and, and it's almost like, 
you will definitely probably feel some shame in listening to the season that you are not sexual in the right way, right? Because that's the shame voice that we all have around our sexuality. So many of us feel like we have to be sexual in a different way than we are, right? Like we're, we're not sexual in the right way. We're not sexual enough. We're too sexual. We're sexual in this way when we should be sexual in that way. Like you can hear all the shoulds in this, the shoulds and the shouldn'ts and the supposed tos and the not supposed tos, you know? Those are all shame words. Add those to your shame vocabulary and to your, you know, rooting out shame in the world um, guidebook, because whenever you hear should, and whenever you hear shouldn't, and whenever you hear supposed to, and whenever you hear not supposed to, especially in your own head, but also when other people are shooting you, when other people are telling you what you're supposed to and not supposed to do, that is generally shame, and they are invoking shame. So just listening for those words in the world can be so powerful to start to like see how shame is telling you you shouldn't you shouldn't be sexual in that way shouldn't who says like who says by what royal fucking decree should i not be sexual in this way who 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 is the grand master of should and shouldn't right and when you ask that question who is the fucking grand master of should and shouldn't who is the grand master it's society so you realize oh because society said that i shouldn't shouldn't do this you're telling me that i shouldn't shouldn't do this right not because of some divine fucking law <laughs> not because of god or the universe or anything like that no you're telling me i should or shouldn't i'm supposed to or not supposed to because of society and that's when i say a big fuck you to society and i like a big fuck you to shame even though I love shame and you know I love alchemizing shame and I'm very grateful for shame and how it allows me to deepen into my erotic experience. So like thanks shame, but also backseat, you know, like that's kind of the vibe with shame. Like thanks for the erotic potential that you create. Also get in the backseat. Love you though. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's just a little thing to get us started today. How to root out shame in society, look for the shoulds, the shouldn'ts, and the supposed tos, and the not supposed tos. And you know, when you start listening for those things, you'll see there's so much, there's so much, any anything that someone says, right, that invokes this grand overarching idea that there is like a right and a wrong way to do things, right? Because that's what should and supposed to do. You're supposed to because like, right, you're not supposed to be a slut because there is a way that people, and especially, right, because slut is very gendered. There is a way that if you're socialized as a woman, you're supposed to behave and that's not supposed to be slutty. That's supposed to be virginal and quote unquote, you know, pure and meek and, 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 and innocent and, you know, all of these patriarchal ideas. It's not to say any of those things are, you know, inherently bad. It's the fact that they're all packaged together in this big fucking, you know, parcel of supposed to. So then you're like, oh, supposed to because of what? Supposed to because of who? Supposed to because of the patriarchy, right? <laughs> you should. Why? Because of who? Because of the patriarchy. That's who is shaming you. And also, you know, we can have a lot of compassion for other humans when, hey, people shame me all the time. People probably shame you all the time. We're all, you know, like people say shaming things all the time. 
I believe that all humans are inherently good. Like good is not even the right word because good is really judgment based. I believe that all humans are divine. I believe that everything is God, right? Um, and I don't, I don't buy into this idea that humans have created in the past couple hundred years, especially in the West, that like humans are inherently bad and evil and thus need to be kind of controlled and repressed. And that's so much of what this sexual repression is about, right? Like this idea that humans are inherently like evil and twisted and perverse. And we are. <laughs> I'm like, newsflash. But then, you know, where people have taken it, like Puritans, for example, Puritan culture becomes, and thus we need to do all of these things to control that core evil nature. So you can see how humans, for all of this time, have done all of this work to control our 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 base nature, like who we are, because we have judged those things, we have pointed at them and said, bad, perverse, wrong, unlovable, ah, da, 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 get it away. You know, when what we could do is start looking at those things and say, human, 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 inherently lovable, inherently lovable, inherently lovable. That brings it out of the shadow of the unconscious and we start to engage with it in a conscious way, which is actually a lot safer for our society. You know, <laughs> we have this, this strange idea that it, it somehow makes us safer because that's what that Puritan, you know, value is doing. It somehow makes us safer. I'm also using the example of Puritans because some of my ancestors are Puritans. So, you know me, I'm always bringing the ancestors in. So, this Puritan value of, you know, repress, 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 repress. We think it makes our society safer, right? Because what are Puritans saying? This thing inside of us is, is evil and perverse and it will destroy us, you know, like there's this like, ah, fear around it. It will destroy us. Thus, we must repress it. Like we need to, we just need to, we just need to, you know, I hope you get what I'm doing. I'm diminishing. I'm repressing. <laughs> I'm bringing it in. I'm saying, get into the fucking shadows, you disgusting, unlovable thing. Like that's what we're doing with aspects of who we are, of ourselves, of our human experience. Like I hope you can see how alienating that experience is of pointing at aspects of who you are. That's what shame does. Aspects of who you are and saying like, get into the fucking shadows. <laughs> And we think that makes us safe. But in truth, it does the exact opposite. It does the exact opposite. It does the exact opposite. By putting things in the shadow, by sending things into our unconscious, they usually, they, they have a tendency to like thrive and actually um, almost become bigger. Like I've always had these dreams um, and they used to disturb me a lot. Now I can understand what they were saying to me there would be a black slug that would crawl out of my skin. And so as soon as I'd see it in the dream, I'd become absolutely horrified. I would just become absolutely horrified and terrified. And I would, I would step on it, right? So I'd squish it because that's what we're doing with shame and repression. It's like, Shh, I, I can't stand to look at you. Like, get out of here. When I would step on the worm, it would multiply into two. So then I'd be here, like, you know, like when you're putting out fires, then I'm, ah, la, 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 la. I'm trying so hard to kill this worm and kill that worm. And what are they doing? They're multiplying until there are like two fucking gigantic ass worms, way bigger than me, 
way bigger than me in this room like like and I'm terror they're not even doing anything they're just there like they just keep as much as I repress them they just grow bigger and bigger but they're not attacking me they don't have like teeth they're not going like they're just they're just becoming bigger and that's what happens in our shadows right and and I'm the one freaking out because I've judged these worms as bad. And those worms are my darkness, right? They're the things that I have shamed in my life. And so I've judged them and I'm like, get out of here. You don't, you don't belong here. You don't have a space here. (laughs) Uh, I think I'm really into embodying different archetypes today. So you'll just hear like my, my voice modulating and going into weird fucking accents. It's like, what is that? Anyway, um, I'm squishing, I'm squishing, I'm squishing, I'm saying, die, you better die, you need to die. (laughs) And they're just getting bigger. And so when we take things that are part of our human experience, and there's Marley, we put them in the unconscious, and we send them into the shadow. They become the worm that eventually crawls out of our skin that becomes bigger and bigger and bigger the more that we try to repress and squish it. And so it's actually deeply, shame is is unsafe. <laughs> you know, um, the truth of it is we think that shaming, shaming people and shaming aspects of ourselves will make our society safer and better. But shame is actually linked to all of these, you know, what we would call negative outcomes. And once again, you know, I don't really like to use negative and positive, but what pe- what researchers really mean by that is shame is often very linked to addiction, depression, suicidal ideation, um, abuse. You know, shame is actually linked to these things that in society we're like, that That actually doesn't really make us safe. Like the link between shame and addiction to me is something that I think about all the time. It is absolutely fascinating. But by repressing that thing and telling ourselves that like it needs to stay in the shadows, it just becomes bigger and bigger and bigger until we bring it out of the shadows and we say, hi, I'm going to look at you. I'm going to look at you. I'm going to face you. And that's kind of why I'm really enjoying this archetypal work, right? So like last week we did the slut and it's because in my, in my personal life and my personal growth practice and my human practice, if you will, in my becoming practice, I'm really working on archetypes and I'm working at looking at the archetypes that I have most judged and repressed inside of myself. So slut is one of them, right? I've said like, you're bad, you know, you don't belong here, (laughs) right? And that thing grows inside of me. Then it becomes the worm coming out of my skin, wanting more and more and more and growing and growing and growing. I actually like that growing, you know, Um, but it's growing and growing and growing and I'm afraid of it. And so I'll just never see it and actually then bring it into the light of my consciousness and say like, hey, I love and accept you. And so I think, you know, another thing that I want to say before I get into today's episode, which is really the bitch, I really want to speak about being a bitch. Um, I fucking love being a bitch. (laughs) And I really want to speak about that. But I want to make a note that like in these two episodes, in the slut and the bitch episode, I really am speaking mostly to the experience of people who are socialized as women, not that 
right? Like I was socialized as a woman. I'm non-binary. I'm not a woman. So this is not to say that that is what people's gender is, but I really, I use the language of people socialized as women because I want to point us towards, I want us all to look towards this experience that everyone is just born a fucking human, right? But then some people, because the doctor will like look at your genitals and make a decision about who you are, will say that it's a girl. And because of that, you grow up with a very specific set of societal messages, a very specific set that is gendered. It is gendered. We cannot like ignore that these, that are, are, are the messages that we receive about like what we should feel ashamed for is incredibly gendered. If you're interested in learning more about the gendered aspects of shame, I would really, really, really encourage you listen to Men, Woman, and Worthiness by Brené Brown. Fantastic. It's like two hours. Um, and really, 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 really like so jam-packed with um, information and, and knowledge and wisdom about shame and our gender socialization and how those things meet. And so I'm going to use that language and I'll use that language in the podcast in general. And you know that I don't believe in gender. And for me, gender is a program. So I use, you know, the language of, you know, people socialized as women and people socialized as men to point at the ways that that program you know, wants us to think and wants us to behave and wants us to act and wants us to feel and wants us to feel shame. I also know that this kind of flattens it and, you know, and and these conversations are nuanced, you know, um, and that is kind of like my best way of capturing that, you know, I hope y'all know that I do not believe in gender. And when I'm saying that people, you know, who are socialized as women and people who are socialized as men, I totally honor um, that those are just programs, but I want to point at I re I really want to make clear what that program is doing and how it is operating. And so in slut and bitch, right? I at these archetypes, I really want to point at how these programs, like specifically how this you know gender socialization as woman program is operating, because those are very gendered. Um, they're often used as insults, right? Like I use them totally. I'm like, yeah, I'm a fucking bitch and I'm such a slut and I love that about myself. But these are not used kind of in the way pussy too. I love pussy for myself. Pussy is usually used as an insult. Slut is usually used as an insult. Bitch is usually used as an insult. And even though people can, sure, sometimes these are used for um, people of all genders, we cannot deny that these are, are very directed at people who are socialized as women. Slut and bitch are very, very, very gendered. And so I kind of want to get into bitch today. But I just wanted to, I wanted, to, I wanted to name those things so that like we're operating from, you know, the same place because that's what I like to do. So let's get into it. I'm really inviting you in this episode to, you know, you already might feel, honestly, you already might feel activated. You already might feel a bit triggered. And that is okay. <laughs> I think so often in the language that we're using right now uh, around triggering, 
we often make it seem like it's the worst thing in the world to happen. Um, and it's not to say that when we're triggered, it cannot, it, it's sometimes a very uncomfortable experience, um, often a very uncomfortable experience. And it's an experience of, you know, our nervous system reacting to some kind of trauma, right? And, and something that we have experienced, something that has been painful for us. And when we're triggered, our nervous system is picking up the threat of that thing happening again. You know, like when we're triggered, often we're engaging with something that is before us that is not the event that created the trauma, but we're engaging with it as if it was the event that created the trauma. Like our nervous system makes us, like we feel like we are in that past event, right? Um, and so... You know, as we go through this and as we go through, you know, reclaiming the archetypes of slut and bitch and, you know, just because that's what I'm doing in my personal practice right now and I want to share that with you, it might be triggering, you know. Um, you might have been called a slut and a bitch and um, you really might not want to reclaim these words. So that's also, it's it's not to say, and this is why you should and that's and you're supposed to because what would that be? shame. <laughs> so this is just to share my experience of connecting to these parts of myself and really understanding what they mean that like slut is used to describe someone who is socialized as a woman who is quote unquote too sexual. Once again, too according to who? According to the patriarchy. You know, like it's useful to start asking these questions because they do lead you to the genesis of like whatever it is we're feeling shamed about. So a slut is someone who is too sexual. And a bitch is someone who is, and, and you can start to think about like, what is it for me? When when someone when someone calls me a bitch, you know, like, or or when I hear, when I see someone and I think, wow, what a fucking bitch. Or, you know, when I see someone called a bitch, like what what is the actual dynamic that is happening? And so as I've been exploring this archetype of bitch, for me, what's been really coming up is that. Whereas like the slut is someone who is sexual, essentially, someone who is sexual, point blank, period, you're a slut if you're socialized as a woman. The bitch is someone who speaks their truth. That for me is the core of it. That for me is the truth of it, right? But when it's seen through this gendered lens, it's someone who is, right, like that speaking of truth becomes interpreted as what? Nagging? It becomes interpreted as, you know, when like, oh, that person's so bitchy. It's like they're being like mean. There's an element of meanness in there usually when we're, when we're calling someone a bitch, which is really important because what are we saying? You're not being nice. You're not being nice. What is the bitch? Someone who's not being nice. Specifically, someone who is socialized as a woman who is not being nice. <sighs> so it's like, wow, okay. And that is such a, that's such a big part of that gender socialization of that, that gender program of woman is you should be nice. You should be a nice girl. You know, you're not supposed to be mean. You're not supposed to think about how, like, this is something, once again, why I think it's really important to point at these gender socializations and what the program does. People who are socialized as boys, Yes, in this whole culture, we're often encouraged to override our boundaries, but people who are socialized as girls, that is like actually an integral part of the gender socialization is this core messaging that you should, should override your boundaries. 
right? You should override your boundaries to hug that relative, you know, um, to be a good girl and to be a nice girl and to do that thing that mommy or daddy is asking you to do, you know? Um, and you don't say, don't be nasty. Don't be mean. You know, nice girls don't do that. You should be a nice girl. You know, there's so much that comes into this niceness. And for me, what niceness is and where I, I even said this from when I was a kid, I think I first said this, um, I don't know, I must have been like 14, 15. I was like, I don't want to be nice. I want to be kind. Kindness is an important value to me. But kindness is very different from niceness. Niceness is people-pleasing. That's what niceness is. If we just want to call a spade a fucking spade. Niceness is about people pleasing. And if you were socialized as a woman, it is very likely that you were socialized to people please. Why? Because that's what the patriarchy wants you to do, <laughs> right? Like that is what serves the system is if, if you are indoctrinated into that gender program and you can be nice, which what prevents you from being a bitch which prevents you from speaking your truth, which prevents you from speaking truth to power, you know, like it really prevents you from stepping into your power because who is the bitch too? Think about it. Who is the bitch? The bitch is someone who is very powerful. Very powerful people are called bitches, <laughs> you know, people who are unashamedly stepping into this is who I am. This is what I think. People who are very sharp tongued, right? Like there's an element of being the bitch that's about being um, sharp-tongued and like witty, I would almost say, right? Like the bitch is actually, I think, like a sorcerer of the English language, you know, like they know how to use language to cut their enemy if they must, <laughs> you know, they know how to use their, their voice um, to communicate their truth through like a very powerful use of language and words. That then when they do that, it's, uh-uh, why aren't you being nice? Why are you being mean? Why are you being bitchy? Right? Like for me, bitchiness and meanness, they're so entangled. Um, and and then what is the alternative? Don't be a bitch. Be a nice girl. Come on. Seriously. Why are you being a bitch? Right? When people say that to you, like even that just evokes so much in me. Why are you being a bitch? What does that make you want to do when someone says that to you? Why are you being a bitch? You immediately, for me at least, I immediately want to shrink. Like, notice what this creates in your body. For me, I immediately want to shrink. I want to become smaller. I immediately want to go into like a, a people pleasing, fawning response. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. No. Like, no, you're right. It's, it's fine. Um, like, we, you know, I immediately want to appease. I want to make myself small, right? Which is what nice girl does. Nice girl is small. Nice girl doesn't take up too much space. Nice girl. And, and you know, obviously, because I, I've given the whole gender disclaimer, but like, you know, nice girl is triggered for all of us, regardless of our actual, like who we are, right? Like I am not a girl. And yet that nice girl thing gets triggered for me a lot because it was my gender programming. You know, I think I'm probably going to start using that language more. Like it, it is dead ass programming. You are programmed to respond in very specific ways and you are programmed as nice girl and you are programmed to fear the bitch and you are programmed to fear the slut. 
which is funny too. Well, it's not funny. It's very patriarchal, but I say it's funny because that's where our power lies. Our power actually really lies in the bitch because what does the bitch teach us how to do? For me, the bitch teaches me to speak my truth without concern of what this patriarchal world culture is going to judge me as for doing that. Like, for me, my bitch does not care about being nice and palatable, which I think is so fucking powerful. My bitch is like, this is who I am. This is my truth. My bitch's throat is so fucking open. <laughs> and I say that to bring attention to the body because like as you you know move through these things like notice what is happening in your body. For me what nice girl does is it it constricts the throat, right? Like make your voice like you're not supposed to shout or scream or be loud as nice girl. You're never supposed to do that. You're supposed to be soft and quiet and there's a lot of constriction in the throat because you're not supposed to speak your truth, right? There's there's a constriction. You know, nice girl creates some um, constriction in the throat. Um, and for me, bitch totally opens the throat because my bitch is like, I'm going to say what I want to fucking say. I'm going to say what I want to fucking say. I'm going to speak my truth. I do not care about what these people think or how it's going to like hurt their feelings, right? Which is very different from saying I'm going to I'm going to go out and just <laughs> and sometimes my bitch does want to do that and I'm like and that is perfectly fine. Do you? Um sometimes my bitch just wants to go out and cuss people out. But mostly my bitch just wants to stand firmly in their truth without diminishing it in the slightest, right? But think about how much, especially if you're socialized as a woman, think about how much you diminish how you want to speak your truth, not because there's anything wrong with your truth, not because it is mean in any way, but because it's like, ooh, if I say that, they're going to take offense in some way. So, so often when we have experienced this gender programming as woman, we're always thinking about how other people are going to receive what we say, what we do, right? Like we're also taught to be um, hyper aware and to watch ourselves and our experience from the outside, right? Like I, I also want to name these things because it's important for us to know because sometimes we feel so much shame for these things for experiencing these things, right? But it's like, that was literally your gender programming. So we're watching ourselves from the outside, almost like when you're, when you're socialized as a woman, you're your own spectator, <laughs> you know, like you have to be what, and, and as humans, this is also true. Like, I think a lot of people, um, regardless of gender socialization might really relate to this. But you're taught to think always about how things will be received. Like you're you're taught how to package yourself. How am I going to package myself so that I can be palatable? That is like a, a central organizing factor of our lives. How can I package myself so that I am palatable? Whew. And so for me, the bitch totally frees me from that, right? Because the bitch is like... I'm going to say what I want to say, what they do with it and what emotions it evokes in them. That's their problem, right? Like I'm not, I'm, I'm speaking my, the, the biggest gift I can give to this world is to speak my unadulterated truth. And their, and, and my bitch knows, my bitch knows that because of their gender programming, they might look at that speaking of pure unfiltered truth as, oh my God, why are they being so mean? Why are they being a bitch? Like they're being so loud. That's, you know, and it might not even be a verbal thing that they say. It might be the way that they respond to me kind of like 
as if I'm shooting little spikes at them, you know, like little bitchy spikes. <laughs> but for me, and my bitch knows this, I'm like, that's just because you are not, you're not used to this. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with what I'm doing. You have been uh, socialized too, and you have been programmed too to engage with me in a very specific way. When I step outside of that container, you are going to be uncomfortable. That is not my problem. My, I think, you know, what the bitch teaches me is my, my, like, I am not here to make you comfortable, which is what nice girl is here to do, right? And, 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 and why the patriarchy loves nice girl and why the patriarchy wants to program nice girl into all of us is, you know, I am not, I'm not here to make you comfortable. I'm not. That's not my function in life to make you comfortable. It's simply fucking not. I'm here to live my truth. I'm here to be my truth, right? But the patriarchy doesn't benefit from that. The patriarchy wants you to be in this very particular role, right? And to and to play out this very particular function. And so nice girl is so much easier for the patriarchy to deal with. And so for me, bitch is the medicine to nice girl. Bitch has so much medicine to offer us in the world. You know, like bitch is the antidote. Um and once again, you know, I'm just going with how I'm feeling about bitch right now. You might, you know, be like, well, I think, you know, but for me, that's that's the really the core of bitch. And I also think, you know, just as a quick note um, in how I'm thinking about this, I think often we um, associate bitch with someone who is like sharp tongued or kind of witty or maybe even passive aggressive in some ways, you know, but in a but in an obvious way, <laughs> not in a subtle way. Um, but I also think that's because for so long under the patriarchy, people who have been socialized as women have had such little power that words and um, wittiness and the cutting remarks that you can make with language and like, you know, and, and slight passive aggression, like that has been some of the only ways for people to experience this kind of um, power you know, in a, in a world that's tried to keep us so powerless is like, for me, I kind of see, you know, the kind of cutting remarks that the bitch can make, you know, when they are shooting bitchy spikes at you, you know, for me is, is really indicative of, you know, we have been so removed from our power that we have actually found these very interesting subversive ways to still exert power in a society where, you know, the, the realms for doing that for people socialized as women is like so limited, you know, it's, it's so squished. Um, and so for me then, you know, those, those witty remarks and the cutting tongue is actually this really cool form of subversive power, you know, um, even gossip, <laughs> um, you know, can be this really interesting way. And it, it doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt us. And, you know, we've all been, well, you know, likely um, we've been, you know, the subject of gossip at some point, or like we've experienced that kind of passive aggressive, like cutting, you know, but I also just want us to see with compassion where that comes from and how that's been a way for people to exert power in a system where there's, you know, less room for that to happen. But I also want you to just notice how so many of the things that the bitch does, like for me, the bitch is the keeper of my fucking boundaries. The bitch is like, no, no, no. <laughs> and that no is non-negotiable. Whereas nice girl kind of feels kind of like 
uh, about their boundaries, right? And once again, that serves the patriarchy because nice girls like, oh, what are they going to think of me if I? And and once again, it's also not to shame nice girl. You know, we've 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 experienced nice girl to survive in this system, but it's just I just want you to be able to see what's happening and how we can reach for more power and freedom. So nice girl kind of keeps us stuck in this place where we aren't fully, you know, empowered in our boundaries and we're much more likely to cross our own boundaries in order to be nice. You know, think about that. If you're, once again, it goes into this boundary crossing that is so instilled in this gender programming Think about how many times if you were socialized as a woman, you've crossed your own boundaries to not upset someone else, to not make them uncomfortable, or like to prioritize their comfort and them getting what they want versus you standing in what you want and what you don't want. We've all crossed our own boundaries. I cross my own boundaries still all the time. It's really hard to unlearn this, you know, and, and I really want us to be gentle with ourselves and so caring with ourselves as we unlearn this programming because it's hard and it takes work. And I think it'll take a lifetime of work. And I know until the day I die, you know, I'll probably have moments of crossing my own boundaries. It's just that I'm going to, I'm developing a much deeper awareness of what is happening inside of me when I feel that, you know, when I feel compelled to cross my own boundaries. And so often what's happening is what are they going to think of me? I don't want to be mean. I don't want them to be upset with me, right? Because once again, the patriarchy benefits when we cross our own boundaries and are, you know, um, nice to our own detriment because then we just become of service really to men um is at least the patriarchal 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 value so for me the bitch holds so much medicine you know they guard my boundaries they're like super clear they have a open fucking throat um they really speak their truth and for me that's so powerful and i think with this like just to bring the somatic level into it Whereas the bitch, you know, has like the super open throat somatically, in which is powerful when people who are socialized as women often have this immense trauma around the throat. This is true of a lot of people who have experienced, you know, oppression in this world. Um, but often people who are socialized as women have this trauma around the throat because it's this trauma somatically that's been passed down from generation to generation, from nervous system to nervous system of people, of our ancestors, who haven't been able to speak their truth, right? And so we have, that is our ancestral inheritance. And it's also ours to work through somatically in this lifetime so that hopefully we don't hand that on to our descendants, you know, um, and to the rest of humanity. But for me, that's also where like the slut, you know, because when we're called slut, what what is the somatic impact of that, right? Like once again, it's this shutting down the same way that when we're called bitch, there's a shutting down. For me, when we're called slut, it totally shuts down my connection to my pussy. Well, let's say when I used to be called slut. Now when I give people permission to call me slut, it can be really cool. 
But let's say if if someone just shouted at me on the street, like you slut, you know, um, and and let's say I really actually felt in danger, like that might happen, and I might just be like, what a weirdo. But let's say that happens, and I I feel like I'm somewhat in danger because I'm being called a slut, you know, like there's there's an aggression there, or there's an energy there that doesn't feel good. What's going to happen inside of my body? My pussy, my connection to my pussy, shut down, totally shut down. That line of communication and connection, totally shut down, right? When we're called sluts, our sexual energy in so many ways shuts down because that's really the function of that as a slur, when it's used as a slur. When bitch is used as a slur, the function is to shut down your voice. When slut is used as a slur, the function is to shut down your sexuality. So for me, when the slut is reclaimed as this beautiful archetype, the slut also has like this beautiful open pussy, this really relaxed pussy, (laughs) you know, Um, which doesn't mean that, right, like that doesn't, we've talked about this, like that doesn't mean, that doesn't have to affect how much or how little sex you'd like to have, but there's kind of like a relaxed connection to our pussies when we can embody the energy of slut, you know, of that kind of openness. And also for me, you know, the combination of slut and bitch is really powerful because for me, my slut is like, ah, oh, <laughs> I love having my heart open to people and I love having my pussy open to people. And my bitch is like, and I'm going to do a really good job of holding your fucking boundaries. Okay, let's go get them, you know? So it's like dynamic duo, really appreciate them being in my corner. And without them, what happens without slut, I feel super disconnected to my own sexual energy right? And I feel super shamed for my sexual energy. So I feel shut down. Like I've dealt with that kind of chronic pussy um, tightness and like closedness, you know, from that kind of shutdown to my sexual energy. And then also, you know, when I'm shut down from bitch, I'm going to go into nice girl and I'm probably going to people please. And I'm probably going to cross my own boundaries. And I'm probably going to do things that aren't serving me, but are serving other people and making them more comfortable. So for me, both of these archetypes are really powerful. And they're, they're two archetypes that I'm working to like bring into my life more and to dance with more, you know, to dance with the slut, to dance with the bitch. I have a whole bitch playlist that I'm really enjoying at the moment, just to kind of channel that like bitchy energy that's so powerful, you know, that's like fierce. Um, in, and, and, and for me, you know, why I love the archetypal work and, and to bring it back to this discussion that we had of the shadow is that, you know, when, when aspects of ourselves are in the shadow, right, are in the darkness, are in the unconscious, there's a part of our power that is trapped there with them. So it's also why I, I am like, I am first and foremost a shadow worker. <laughs> I love to work with the shadow and I love to work with the darkness because I think that is the source of our greatest power, our greatest, greatest power. And so when we can reach into those places and reach past the discomfort of like slut and bitch and what they evoke in us, and there's so many archetypes to go into, you know, we'll see if we explore some more here. But I I genuinely like archetypal work um, and I like shadow work. And so when we can reach in and we can say like, hi, I just, I'm just committed to seeing you. I'm just committed to seeing you and how you've showed up in my life. 
and I'm committed to seeing, you know, like how, like I'm committed to seeing our relationship because it's there. When it's in the shadow, it doesn't mean that the relationship is not there. It just means that you don't see it. And, 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 you know, it makes sense in our society. We have this obsession with like, we just don't want to see the thing. That's really for me, our society at this point in history is like, we just don't want to see it. Think about how much violence occurs in our human society. A lot of the time, as long as we can't see it, we're okay with it. I could give a lot of examples here, but there are so many ways that we benefit from violence. But as long as we don't have to see it, then we're fine. It's whatever. We don't care. But that doesn't mean that the violence isn't happening and that we are not still deeply connected to that violence, right? Like just because we're committed to not seeing it doesn't mean we're not deeply tied to it and connected to it. And so when something's in the shadow and something's happening, um, when there's a part of us that's there, the, the connection between us and that part of ourselves is not severed. It's still there. We're just deeply committed to not seeing it. And then because it's in the shadow and, you know, like some, some wild stuff can happen there <laughs> because there's just, you know, like room to grow and expand and do all of these things in the shadowy and the shadowy aspects of the world. Um, and also it's gonna, it's gonna grow to get our attention, right? Not just because it's like, ha ha ha, but it's gonna grow because it's like, look at me. You know, and when you and when you don't look and when you and you commit for long enough to not looking, it's going to start like screaming and shouting and tantruming. And, you know, you really might not be happy. <laughs> Your ego might not be happy with how it's showing up to say like, hey, look at me. But it's all it's doing that for your highest spiritual evolution and for your highest spiritual growth, because those are aspects of who you are. That the only reason you're not identifying with them is because of the society and because of patriarchy. So those are aspects of who you are that are trying to show you the way to more freedom. And they are also aspects of who you are that are carrying like deep stores of your power, you know, like, so when they're there in the shadows and they're shouting at you to notice them, it's also because your power, your power your deep power is shouting at you and asking you to see it, to honor it, to call it back, to own it. You know, so I feel like archetypal work is really powerful in allowing us to reclaim the aspects of ourselves that we've totally disowned, but are deeply important to our whole being and our whole human experience and who we are and our souls and our power and all of this good stuff. So, this is to say I love my bitch. Oh my God, I'm so grateful for them. This episode, once again, is, is a deep honoring of the bitch and a deep ode to the bitch. And I'm just like holding my bitches so present right now and I'm holding them in so much love, in so much tenderness, and in so much gratitude for what they offer me, you know, and what they teach me and what they show me and how they're really for me, the bitch is like the protector, you know, inside of me, like they're, they have such protective energy. And, you know, as, as you likely know, when you're really triggered, right. And your body is trying to protect you. Sometimes you can, <laughs> you know, you can do things that hurt people. So it's not to say that, you know, like you, you might, I have been 
bitchy and mean in the past and like hurt people, you know. I also don't judge that. It's just been an experience I've had. But I've been super bitchy and super mean and 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 actually like really pointed a lot of that energy at people in more of like an attacking way, you know, and not in a speaking my truth and standing in my power in an attacking way. Because it's also not to say when we reclaim these archetypes that everything, everything can show up in in its Everything has like a full manifestation. Bitch has a full manifestation and it can manifest in these ways and like owning its power and being super protective and honoring our boundaries. And it can show up in like the perversive, the perversive, the subversive power way of I'm going to use my words as, as a way to cut other people because that's one of the limited ways that I'm offered power in the society. And that bitch can show up in a really protective and defensive way to say like, I'm going to shoot because I'm so protective of my person. I'm going to shoot down anyone in, in, in their path, you know, anyone that I see as a threat, like I'm coming for you. And I've been that person. Like I, I was really, when I was a kid and like even growing up, let's say when I was a teenager, I remember being so afraid that I was emotionally abusive. Like I, I found an old diary the other day and I remember like in it, I was like, I will not be emotionally abusive. I will not be emotionally abusive. I will not be emotionally abusive. And I was like, damn, young one, that's some heavy shit. Um, but really where that was coming from was a lot of people would constantly tell me that I was mean. You know, people would say that um, that I was I was really mean. And the truth is I was, <laughs> you know, and, and we can also reclaim that without like, for me, that's not bad. That was just a part of my experience. I think that's really important to, you know, know so that we know that we can, you know, I want to honor that we can see the ways that we have, you know, harmed people and still not shame that aspect of ourselves, but just be like, yeah, that was an experience I had. So I could be really mean and really attacking and really punishing in my meanness. Like I could just like, you know, see I have a, a, a beautiful ability to see the jugular in a situation and a person or whatever and know exactly what I need to do to fucking sever that and like have this person just bleed all over the place. <laughs> you know, and really be hurt. Like I have an amazing ability to do that and to just like plunge the dagger into the place that is going to create maximum impact. I know how to create maximum impact. A lot of that is my bitch. They're so powerful. I love them, <laughs> you know, but I judged myself a lot for that. And, and it's important why I bring this in is that like the bitch can manifest in all of these ways and in totally different ways. But that was kind of, you know, like when I was in that, it was because I hadn't really, as a bitch, I hadn't yet found the true source of my power. I thought the true source of my power was in being able to fucking dagger people and sever the fucking jugular and just kill them, you know, and, and make them feel like they wish they were never born. <laughs> I used to think that was where my power was. And that is, I mean, I think that's very impressive. I'm always in awe of that ability. But now I feel like where my true power is, is in speaking and owning my truth fully, fully, you know? And for me, that feels like, you know, where I was with my bitch earlier in my life was I was like, 
I was more in like my rebelling phase, you know, in terms of, you know, how I was relating to power. I think there are all these ways we can relate to power. And this is, you know, a discussion for another day. But one way of relating to power is to rebel against power. But I'm really interested in how when we rebel against power, often I feel like we continue to um uh to perpetuate that power dynamic and to legitimize that power dynamic because in rebelling, like we're still rebelling against, I don't know, I can't really explain it in the time that we have left, but in rebelling, it still feels like we're deeply connected to that, like I'm rebelling against your power that I am in some ways legitimizing and pointing at and naming and seeing and like, and I sometimes I feel like when we rebel and when I've rebelled, let's say, I felt like I was actually reinforcing that power dynamic and reinforcing my position as powerless. And I was finding ways to exert power in that, but while still maintaining the power dynamic without actually truly, there's Marley, disrupting it in a very radical way. And I feel like, you know, kind of in opposition to rebelling, there's this ability to res- like to resist, you know, rebelling versus resistance. And I think about this in my own life, like, am I rebelling? Am I resisting? For me, resistance is actually about resistance kind of shatters the illusion of power, right? Um, that this person has power and I don't have power. And so I'm rebelling towards the power that they have and that I don't have. And, you know, for me, resistance says, why do you think you have power? And resistance also, like for me, honors that the the true depths of our power, the true source of our power is from within. It is not contextual. It is not dependent on other people. The true source of our power is like deeply from within. And so for me, where I'm at in my bitch journey now is like, oh, the deep seat of my power is within me. And in order to exert that power, I don't need to stab someone in the jugular and I don't need to sever. (laughs) I don't need to have them bleed all over the floor, you know, like writhing like a little fish out of water and just, you know, suffering. I don't need to do that. It feels so much more powerful for me now to stand in consistently and to honor my truth. And it also feels more challenging, I'll say, you know, it feels a bit more easy for me to go into, like, I definitely have when my nervous system is triggered, I can go into an attack, you know, and it feels quite easy for me to do that, and to stab, 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 and it feels good. But what feels really powerful for me is actually to sit in my own power, like to sit in my own knowing, to sit in my own truth, to sit in my own center, to sit in my core, to sit in myself. And to respond from there, right? And to respond from my place of deep-seated power and knowing and truth and divinity. Like, that feels really powerful. And that feels really powerfully bitchy. (laughs) That still feels like the bitch, you know, because I'm speaking my truth always and I'm speaking it and I'm opening my throat and I'm allowing myself to speak my truth in ways that will make people uncomfortable but that's the power right and I'm allowing myself to step out of niceness and I'm allowing myself to like be who I am to be who I am in a really deep way you know and so this is nuanced it's like yeah there's the mean and there's the nice and there's the bitch and there's the you know but I hope you've taken something away from this today um at least you know in thinking about your relationship to your bitch and also 
and knowing that it's totally okay. Why I bring in like where I've been in my bitch journey. It's also not bad that I was there. And it's not that where I am now is better. It just feels more aligned to me. And that feels really good, you know, but I had to experience that bitchiness. It was important and it was an important way of me finding some power, you know, but now that I've touched into these other sources of power, I'm like, okay, this feels good, but I'm glad that I had the experience of being mean and I'm glad that I had the experience of severing people's jugulars, you know, and I'm glad that I had that experience. I really am. And I don't judge it at all. And even if that's the only thing that you take away from this episode, you don't have to judge that inside of yourself. So often we judge that, we shame it, it goes into the shadows. What is it more likely to do? Grow, right? So yes, we can all be harmful. Yes, we can all be hurtful. Yes, we can all be mean. <laughs> Those are not bad things, right? But can we can we look at that inside of ourselves? Can we honor that capacity, I have a deep capacity for harm and violence inside of me, a deep, deep, deep capacity. And that is okay. I'm human. And I'm consciously engaging with it. And it doesn't live in the shadows. It very much lives in my conscious mind. And I even love it. It's part of my human experience, you know. But when we shame that and we're like, it's so bad that I experienced that, it's much more likely that that is going to thrive, you know, um, and that it's going to come out in ways that are going to hurt people. Um, because we're not engaging with it consciously. So those are some thoughts for today. Uh, I had fun in this episode. I love speaking about the bitch. And, you know, just one time at the end of this episode, when you get out, if you can really just be like, oh, I fucking love my bitch. They're such a badass. They're so cool. You know, they really are wonderful. See if you can celebrate. See if you can celebrate the slut. If it feels good for you, you might feel like I never want to embrace those archetypes, but I do want to embrace. I don't want to call it bitch. I want to embrace the badass inside of me that has boundaries and knows that they're entitled to their boundaries and will not hesitate in speaking them. You know, it doesn't matter. You don't have to reclaim the language. But I would love if you could reclaim these aspects of yourselves that the patriarchy has so attempted to disconnect you from. And if you can start to, you know, really say like, yeah, ah, oh, I love this aspect of myself. I love this aspect of myself. I love that I have boundaries. I love that I'm a sexual being, however that manifests. I love myself. I love the totality of who I am. I love the fullness of who I am. And so that's what I have. <laughs> um, I, I love all those things about me. I love all those things about you. And uh, I hope you have a really good week. I hope you take good care of yourself. Um, and I'll see you again in next week's episode. As another reminder, I am currently... Um, you know, open to working with one-on-one -on -one clients. I'm like opening my practice um, after having it, you know, like having closed my books, so to speak, for a while. And uh, if you're interested in doing some of this work with someone, you know, and 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 walking with someone uh, on your sexual liberation journey, send me an email. We can set up a 30-minute exploration call with no strings attached to explore what that would look like, whether that feels like a good fit, you know, and whether there's some really deep and powerful work we could do together to find greater levels of freedom for you, because that's what I'm really passionate. That's what I'm so passionate about. So I look forward to that. I love you. I love you. I love you. And I will see you again next week.
take good care.